Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thursday Live Lesson. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamura. So what's up, Aaron? What's up? Mr. Kahai, the legend, Fergan. What's up? <laughs> and we have a very special guest today, Mr. Narciso Lobo. Say what's up, Ciso. Yo! What up? Oh, nice. <laughs> so glad to be here, you guys. Woo! Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, Narciso Lobo, or Ciso, as we're going to be calling him from here on out, is an OG, or OG ukulele underground member. And he's actually... The uh, you're are you're still the moderator for the Ukulele Underground forums. So for all of you folks who are still using the Ukulele Underground forums, he is the <laughs> super duper moderator over at Ukulele Underground forums. That is that is true. It's it is me and one other person <laughs> right now. Dan Dan, <laughs> Dan is the only other person. Man, you you keep a you keep a tight ship there. <laughs> all I do is delete spam. <laughs> but you've been uh, you've been doing that for how long now? Uh, since it started, since it started, yeah, what was crazy. it? Oh eight. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh well, the winter of oh seven. Yeah. Oh seven. Yeah. Winter of oh seven, which is what was that October, November of oh seven, and then like we that was a soft launch, and then we launched for reals in oh eight January. It was crazy. Yeah, the main site. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember when you guys uh, started it. And um, we had some live video going somehow. I don't know what we were using at the time. Yeah, we've uh, been trying to figure that out too. I mean, you streamed back way back then, but I don't know if oh, it was Oh, yeah. yeah. There might have been streamed, something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of crazy, man. It's 12 years ago. That is insane. <laughs> insane. Insane. Yes. I, so, I actually have it up right now. Oh, really? uh, th- there's like an archive of oh. your, your introduction post, and it's dated 12 21 2007. Wow. <laughs> so, so oh. yeah, it's like you two days before intru- my 17th birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean yeah you're now a youthful 24 <laughs> you you have you have drunk from from the uh from, from the fountain of youth my friend <laughs> seriously it's all the virgin blood that i drink. okay yeah, that's what yeah, i thought yeah. that's what i thought <laughs> i don't get the fresh supply <laughs> i'm actually gonna be the big 5-0 this year really dude that yeah. is amazing you <laughs> <laughs> the big people 5-0. are watching the video yeah. version of this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please like yeah if you didn't download the video ver- it's free you know? yeah mm-hmm. it's free. <laughs> so download the video version of this well we're asians we... right so we don't yeah. age we have that all the Asian, secret Asian creams that people don't know about, you know? Yeah. You gotta, until you gotta until the very, yeah. Quiet! <laughs> well, you got to ask for it in Asian. So unless you know how to speak Asian, you can't get the Asian la- lady behind the counter to give it to you. Secret Asian language. So, you know what I mean? Even yeah. if you know about it, you got to ask for it in Asian. <laughs> what is that Lord of the Rings quote? Like, speak friend and enter or something? <laughs> it's like the equivalent. Yeah, speak yeah. friend and enter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad so, that I still, you know, have some of my youthful good looks and I owe a lot of it some. to just uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> I owe a lot of it to playing the ukulele. I tell oh, you. Right on, yeah. Man. So let's let's take a let's take a walk back in, you know, in memory lane. How do you like um, that for a segue? Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's how we get to talk about ukulele. Now. So you've been playing ukulele for how long? 
I picked it up in 2007, the same year that oh, you yeah. guys started. Yes, oh, really? I, yeah, that's, yeah. That's insane. And since then, you know, you've you've done countless YouTube videos. I just saw one that you did while Islands in the Stream. You just did one. I uh, sure did. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. I, I did that one with a fantastic artist in Indiana. She mm-hmm. is based in Indianapolis. She is the son of a, a local famous musician, John Martin. Her name is Megan Christine Martin. And I met her at the at the Ukulele World Congress, and she has been going gangbusters for about four years now, just tearing it up in Indianapolis with her original songs. Fantastic voice, effortless powerhouse vocals. I hate her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she was nice enough to uh, help me out with Islands in the Stream and you know, since we're all on lockdown, I do have some time on my hands. So I'm getting mm-hmm. back to making some videos. Uh, that was the last one I did. And that was just a couple of days ago. But yeah, the first one that I did was in 2007. And it was um, I Shot the Shira hmm. in 2007. Nice. I picked <laughs> up a ukulele in uh, a great um, institution here in Chicago. Been around forever since the 60s, I believe, if not earlier called the old town school of folk music mm. and they have a school uh, store attached to it called little strummer i have a friend who works there and i went down to visit and picked one up off the wall and as soon as i held it in my hands it just felt right man it <laughs> i i fell in love with it and bought it on the spot. Right did on. you <laughs> did you have previous uh, music in, like uh, experience? Like, did you play other instruments or did you do other stuff before? I sure did, guy. I started uh, as all Asians do. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, since we're Asian, you get he, a choice. It, it's piano either or piano or violin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I chose piano. If your parents are really mean, then they do like, oh, you got to do cello. So you got to lug around. (laughs) If you have more progressive parents, it's either that or breakdancing. (laughs) Nowadays, yeah. Which I'm sure you did too. Yeah, Yeah, I was just going to say. I sure did. I sure did. So, yeah, I started on piano at uh, 10 years old. And I only took lessons for about a year, but I did keep up with it. And I I started uh, started joining bands in uh, high school. Mm-hmm. And um, in high school, I started to uh, learn guitar. My father uh, was a guitar player. He passed in 2007. Um, but if he were alive to this day, he would still say he taught me how to play guitar. He <laughs> did not. <laughs> the most he would do uh, would say, Johnny boy. I, he called me Johnny. Johnny boy, that's wrong. And then take the guitar out of my hands and then play it correctly. <laughs> it's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah, great lesson. And then I watch him. <laughs> Sounds like Aldrin's dad. Yeah. <laughs> my whole family. I was going to say, there's, there's a lot of parallels going on right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So he... Um, he had a guitar. He had a classical guitar, and that's what I learned. On um, the first song that I learned how to play was uh, "Times They Are a Changin'" by Bob Dylan. Uh, my dad and I were big Bob Dylan fans, as well as you know Jim Croce, James Taylor, John Denver, Harry Chapin, uh, all the f- good. 
folksy singers, songwriters of that era, we were big, big fans of. And so those were the songs that I started to learn. And those are the songs that I continue to play. And those are the songs that I, in, in which style that I continue to write. So that has also stayed with me, you know, since I started to learn to play music. And uh, picked up the um, ukulele from from all of that, and I, I I freaked out because wow, it's it's a guitar with the capo on the fifth fret. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. speaking of um, original music, and you write music and stuff, and you put out an album with original music, right, or a couple of them? I did. Yeah, I put out uh, a full length and an EP. Mm-hmm. The full length is called Kuya, and the EP is called Little Brother. And you could stream Kuya um, anywhere you like to stream music. You know, it'll be in your Spotify, your Amazon, your iTunes. And uh, Kuya is, uh, a little brother, is only available at Bandcamp. So you go to bandcamp.com slash CISO and the number one, and you can find mm-hmm. me there. It's S-E-E-S-O. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll definitely so, add all the links. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did mention mm-hmm. that uh that you are an OG as far as ukulele underground goes and we we talked about how you were there in the beginning and how you're a super duper moderator. But another thing that uh that kind of came from ukulele underground is a thing called the UWC. The ukulele, the ukulele World, World Congress. Congress! <laughs> yeah. So tell yeah. us about cuz you were there. You're an OG to UWC as well. You're there in the first one and you mentioned you have the shirt still. So tell I us about do. UWC. I do have the shirt still. So that the first one was in 2009. And it was started by a guy named Mike Hader. And that is spelled exactly how it sounds. H-A-T-E-R. And it's so funny because he's ex- the exact opposite, opposite of a hater. Yeah. He is such a loving, generous kind-hearted warm human being that um teddy bear he is a big teddy bear exactly it's a great (laughs) way to put it and he uh is the owner of mainland ukuleles so if you've heard of mainland he's the guy behind mainland um but i met him in 2008 also in nashville indiana when he was working for another company another ukulele company he split off to form his own and that was during a time when everybody uh the ogs anyway on youtube the ukulele ogs on youtube (laughs) were collaborating a lot together especially with the you crazy (laughs) the you crazy (laughs) would come out yeah the UCB, they yeah. would come out with videos, you know, maybe one a week uh, back in the day. So we got to be really friendly with each other. I was kind of a satellite of the UCB. I wasn't cool enough to be a UCB, <laughs> but I did. I did get to make a couple of videos here and there. So we all got to know each other fairly well online by making these collaboration videos. And Mike Hader was a part of that group. And he really wanted to start an annual get together with all of these people who have never met in person. He wanted to have a, a, a place where we could all gather and meet and jam in person. And that's how Ukulele World Congress was born. And he actually lives on the, not exactly on the site, but right in the area of the site where Ukulele World Congress happens. You could walk there in, you know, three, four minutes to his house. And uh, it is an old hippie commune. So it's an, <laughs> it's an old hippie commune from the late 60s, early 70s. 
but that area has retained that character. So there is a stage there for festivals, and that's the stage that we use for Ukulele World Congress. And it started in 2009 with maybe 20 to 30 people, maybe at the max 50. Mike Hader likes to... Uh, pump up his numbers a little bit. But <laughs> he says he says 50. I say eh, 20, 30 people. Deech was there. Russ Bus was there. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, Alan Brandt was there. Lisa Hatfield was there. Susie Cuke was there. So many OGs were there. And I remember being so freaked out by seeing people's legs for the first time. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> This is surreal. You have legs. You have legs. Yeah. <laughs> and we've done it every year since, and I haven't missed a year. This year, we won't be having one in person. It won't be, it'll be a virtual Ukulele World Congress, obviously, due to the ongoing pandemic. Uh, but we will be having a Ukulele World Congress. We will hopefully have. Uh, either Aaron or Aldrin or both of you guys out to host a couple of hours of the open mic. That would be amazing. But yeah, the, the show goes on. It's going to be amazing. You know, at the Ukulele World Congress, we have different sort of um, camps that have uh, established themselves over the year. So we have Mr. Terry Vida, who has uh, a porch, what he calls his porch. And he lays <laughs> out, yeah, he lays out um, uh, plywood, a uh, couple of four by eight sheets of plywood next to each other and sets up his porch. So it's like you're visiting his, his home porch when you go to his camp. We have the, um, oh, Deej was there at the first one too, but Deej, otherwise known as Christy Girolamo, has a compound the thing is huge <laughs> uh, and he'll be i don't know if he'll be hosting um a virtual campsite this year but that is one of the actual in-person campsites that you can visit while you're there um, we have a second stage we have um all sorts of events that take place throughout the ukulele world congress we have a uh, a Thursday night pre-party uh, that is themed. We, had, we it was '80s prom one year. It was uh, <laughs> Western themed one year. Um, this year we were going to do uh, Tin Pan Alley, but uh, I don't think that is going to pan out since it's virtual this year. Uh, yeah. Wait, so so this is like. It's just like a giant open field, right? It's a giant open field. You camp on site on the field. On the field. <laughs> That's crazy. That is correct. Uh, but yeah. there are, there, you know, for the city dwellers and for the people who don't like camping, like me at first, I actually, the only time I camp is when I go to these events. But uh, there are cabins in the area and hotels in the area that you can rent, obviously. Mm -hmm. So some years we do that. Some years I camp, but most of the time I, I, I camp. So yeah, you camp on the field and it's amazing. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't cost a cent. Everything is free. So it's not like a festival in the classic sense where yeah. there is a, a curated concert. There are vendors. There are um, uh, ukulele workshops, right? It's none of that. So if you want to <laughs> play... It's an anti-festival. It's an anti-festival. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. want to play, you sign up. If you want to learn something, you ask somebody who knows how to play it, how to teach it to you. 
<laughs> you know, if you if there and there is no selling, there's no selling at all, no no vending. Yeah, that yeah. is insane. That is- it, it, it not only has the field retained that hippie character, but Mike Hader imparted his character to the Ukulele World Congress. It is uh-huh. not unlike how a team takes on the character of its coach, right? Mm-hmm. So we're as the Ukulele World Congress festival goers. Uh, as we are the team to Mike Hader's coach, we have taken on that vibe of openness and generosity and loving. And, and it, it, is, it is a beautiful thing. And it is my favorite event by far. All year. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned there's like uh, 30, 50 people in the beginning. How are, I mean, since 2009, you guys do it every year. So yeah. how many people come out now? Uh, I would say that the Ukulele World Congress number 10 was at its peak a thousand people. That just showed up. People <laughs> that just showed up and participated in yeah. this thing that just happens yeah. in a field in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I mean, there's, there's like yeah. advertising, but it's it's not more than just not, like people talking yeah. about it on Facebook and, and stuff, right? No, it's just it's just Facebook. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just Facebook. <laughs> so uh, we were actually kind of, and this is you know I'm talking about it on this podcast, so I don't know how secret it's going to be anymore. But we try <laughs> to keep it on the DL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's a private group on Facebook, um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to come, absolutely ask to uh, join the Facebook group. Find me mm-hmm. and ask to join the Facebook group. There's no promotion in the Facebook group; it's all posting about the group, you know. So we we try to keep that on lockdown, but yeah. it is open to anyone. It is open to anyone. Um, so get at me if you want to come. I'll explain the vibe out there because like it's it's been going on for so long, but I mean everyone kind of gets along, everyone loves each other, everyone's friends and stuff. Like explain the vibe. Yeah, everybody is friends. Um, like I said, we all took on the character of Mike Hader, and Mike Hader, the first thing that he'll do when he sees you is gives you a big old bear hug, right? <laughs> and it makes you feel like a million friggin' dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So if you can imagine a Mike Hader that could fit his arms around a thousand people at once, <laughs> that that is the vibe of the Ukulele World Congress. <laughs> so like, so there's the UWC, and then uh, recently, me and Aaron got uh, got an awesome chance to be at the Brown County Ukulele Festival, which people tell me is like UWC light, basically. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. Tell and me that's the Brown a, County Fest. I, I'd be glad to. So the Brown County Ukulele Fest uh, was started a few years ago. I want to say four years ago we had the dry run, and then we just had our third. If uh, I could be off by one on those estimates. But uh, there is a, um, he wanted to get together in the winter. So we do, so he puts on this festival and it's an, uh, it's a traditional festival in every sense of the word. So there's a curated concert, there is vending and there is uh, workshops. Um, And he's been doing that for maybe four years, but that is also, you know, the same kind of vibe. It is at a hotel. So everybody stays in the same building, not the same (laughs) field, but the same, the same building. So we're jamming. uh, They actually closed down that whole like hotel only for people coming to the festival. Is that right? I didn't know that. 
Yeah, that's what that's what they're telling us. Like, pretty much. <laughs> wow. yeah. I didn't know I think, that. I think just because that's kind of a, a dead time, you know, yes. for booking anyway. And yeah. I think it just sold out just with people that um, attended the festival. All of the the hotel rooms oh, yeah. are booked by people attending the festival anyway. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's booked about a week after the event ends <laughs> next year's event is all all booked about a week after i the, loved it the, the i mean that was ends. our first time and like the vibe was so cool and that's why we're like man okay if this is the vibe we gotta make it to a uwc because we you got it you got it <laughs> yeah. you book some shows around that day in the midwest and then just pop that right in the middle it's just so expensive coming from hawaii man like so i hear you if brother. we can if we can't do something like you know like the do do a whole tour like around it and stuff will definitely come i mean that would be amazing we, we we have to now like after experiencing that at brown county like the love and the people and the uh, it's just it was magical like really it was magical like i i've been to a bunch of festivals all around the world but and i've said this before on the podcast like there's nothing quite like the brown county youth fest because the love is <laughs> like the original like ukulele underground from back in 2007 or 2008. it is yeah really that vibe yeah like people yeah. wanting to like share stuff want to talk want to like just jam and want to share it's it was magical man yeah i mean you guys are responsible for it too and i, I don't think that i can say it enough that <laughs> you guys were responsible for so much positivity in so many people's lives uh the mind reels the mind staggers uh not only people not affiliated with ukulele world congress and ukulele underground but you know, people that are tangentially related i mean it, it's it's <laughs> it's amazing mike the first announcement that he made about ukulele world congress was on the ukulele underground forums <laughs> that's when he started to um, uh, talk about wanting to do it. And that's where he made the announcement that it was happening. So mm -hmm. if not for Ukulele Underground, this amazing event would, would not be happening every year where people, you know, just love each other and, and jam until... <laughs> I, you don't sleep. Be prepared not to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I slept that much at Brown County. Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's crazy. But thanks for the yeah. kind words. Like, we, it's one of those, like, if you build it, they will come. You know, we basically created a place where people can just come and congregate and, and talk online and stuff. And um, and we wanted to give that kind of vibe that we have here in Hawaii where, like, if you just ask someone, like, we'll give you whatever information that you need. If you want yeah, yeah. to do something on the ukulele, you, you know, you go up to a person playing, you're like, how would you do that? And yeah. it's not like they're going to be like, no, no I don't want to. Like, That's never been yeah. a thing. So where's my money? Exactly. <laughs> Pay up first and then I'll give you, you know? And we, we just, we, we built that, you know, we built that site and it, it's kind of cool. So if you build it, they will come. So a lot of, a lot of credit is, is for, from the like-minded people that, that came and congregated and talked and, and became friends. And, and I don't know, it, it's turned into something completely different now. But those lasting relationships, like we could still see that at Brown County Youth Fest, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Long lasting is right. I mean, this is the 12th <laughs> year, man. It's crazy. It is crazy. And, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, during the Brown County Youth Fest, like some people were like, you know, uh, 
there there were like kids born like you know because of like meeting at uh, either at Ukula on the ground or at UWC or Brownie Brown County Youth Fest. That's amazing. Like it's- that is correct. <laughs> yeah, Duncan Duncan and Misha. So Duncan and Misha met at the Ukulele World Congress and married and uh, have a have a child. So you were responsible <laughs> for it. Well, more than one child <laughs> that we know of. That we know of. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I mean, we have so much, you know, we have so much to talk about, so much stories with you, like not just like ukulele and ground stuff, but when we, uh, you know, we wanted to do a uh, tour over in the Midwest and definitely we want to hit up, you know, we, we wanted to hit you up. We want to hit up Chicago because that's like, I mean, if we're musicians, we've got to stop at Chicago, you know, you got it. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, you introduced us to, what was that place called? Tiki something. Um, the Tiki Terrace. Tiki Terrace. Yeah. It, that was a great venue. And, uh, and, we found out a lot of uh, a lot of Hawaiian musicians actually stopped by there. Is that place still still going on today? It sure is. It's still going on today. Still going strong. Um, still has the same the same vibe, the same island vibe. Um, they really want to have you guys back. Like they, <laughs> we'd love to. Yeah, yeah. They really want to have you guys tour. back. <laughs> <laughs> UWC tour got to hit up Tiki Terrace again. But I mean, Chicago was like just so magical. I mean, it's 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 music town. You know, like uh, we we loved being there and just being country bumpkins from Kauai. We were like super just culture shocked by like the amount of amazing musicians that that were in Chicago. And we talk about this all the time. And we finally get to talk with you about this. That like um, it was the middle of an uh, later on in the afternoon, like three, four o'clock, we go to a place which we now find out that it's uh, Buddy Guys. Buddy know, Guys like, Legends. Yeah. It's uh, we, we go there at like in, in the afternoon, and um, it's like a weekday too. Yeah, right? it's a weekday, <laughs> and there's an amazing band playing, and that was a culture shock to us. It's like, who is this amazing band playing for like two tables? You know, like that there was like this lead singer who's this bass player, and he's like playing his bass, and he's getting super sweaty. He's like wiping his sweat with his one hand, still playing the bass with the other, singing and. It was just like, where are we? This is like some weird <laughs> parallel world where everyone is talented. You know, like it's, yeah, it was insane. It, it just a I was hoping was. Buddy Guy would would show up. He shows up from time to time and and, and joins in with the band, but we were That's not crazy. as lucky that day. So when you come back, we'll have to go at night on a weekend. Maybe show <laughs> yeah, up. please, please, and you know, it's just. That was that was a shock to me because you know in any given day on, on Kauai we, we could be like okay this, this band's all right or like oh this band's really good and stuff but like at the <laughs> middle of the <laughs> that's, that's insane you know like the, the level of musicianships and that's and like they, they were playing as good as like the best like better than the best band we have here on the island, you know? like, yeah so it's scary to think like who's the headliners of that you know of yeah. that's, that's that was insane. just kind of the house band <laughs> yeah. that was there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it was it was always cool like just kind of seeing chicago and you took us around and i was uh i remember being taking the subway like with you and just um and i remember that being so inspiring that we actually started playing purple rain because you just took, took the uke out of nowhere and just started like playing purple rain out of like out of nowhere and I'm like, sounds yeah. like me <laughs> yeah i love that song and it was like an empty subway like we were just it was just us like waiting for you know waiting for the um the train to come and I'm like, that is that is insane. And I started singing along and stuff. I'm like, I gotta put this in my set. Like, this is one of those magical kind of songs that like that bring people together. That's because of you, man. You have oh, nice, <laughs> you, yeah. nice. Yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> but that, man, that was uh, 
What do you remember about that trip? Well, I misspoke earlier when I was mentioning the OGs of the Ukulele World Congress and I said Susie Cuke. It's not Susie Cuke, although she is a, a ukulele player. I, 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 I had a brain fart and I should have said Suki. Suki. Oh, she was yeah. The first one. yeah. Really? Suki. She was at the first one and wow. she was responsible for you guys coming to the Midwest. Is she not? Mm, yeah. 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 We stayed yeah. over yes. at her place in, uh, in, Minnesota. in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Okay. So she contacted me and she asked me to find you guys a gig in Chicago. And that's how we set you up at the Tiki Terrace. So uh, Suki, all my apologies, please. <laughs> please don't hate me. <laughs> how dare you I'm, confuse me with Susie Cuke. <laughs> I'm, I'm live. I'm live with the you, you guys. I'm so nervous. <laughs> that was awesome, but yeah, I, re- I remember, like, you know, I, I did meet you guys prior to that. I met you at NAMM. But uh, I, had, I hadn't seen you guys since then. Uh, and I was so excited to show you guys my city. Uh, so that was really a thrill. And um, I, I remember walking around with you in your gloves because <laughs> it was cold. It was so cold, Dad. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was cold. And it also helped you so you didn't have to explain your fingernails. That's true. <laughs> 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 I remember walking into uh, one of our fancy Walgreens and your guys were like, this is a freaking Walgreens? <laughs> <laughs> fancy. We're country bumpkins, man. We're from the it tiny had, little island. It had two levels to it. And, you know, <laughs> really you fancy. Two ones. levels for a Walgreens. Thing. Not even necessary, you know? <laughs> we walked around by Navy Pier, I remember. We walked mm-hmm. by Navy Pier. We played mm-hmm. some uh, ukulele dump by Navy Pier. Yeah. We, uh, we were we busked. We talked. <laughs> we talked about other stuff too. We talked about Adventure Time, and you know, stuff yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a fantastic experience. Uh-huh. Uh, we we stayed at a hotel afterwards, and of course, we played until the wee hours. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was so excited to show you off to my to the Chicago ukulele crowd here. And That's they fun. absolutely, you know, really want you guys. Back. And even so we got to make after, some, some plans. Uh, after Tiki Terrace, like we were hanging out at Tiki Terrace with like a bunch of Euchres and stuff, like from Chicago, and we were there mm-hmm. until I don't know, like they were closing up. But I think we, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we watched them close mm-hmm. up. It was really, really, really fun. Uh, you you showed us the the wonders of Chicago deep dish. That was I, I gotta <laughs> have it again, man. I'm Jonesing. <laughs> we were flattened by that. that <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, One slice is enough, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very filling. That's, that's insane. That, that's, that's the pie. It, I mean, that's that's yeah, the yeah. pie. It's a pie. It's like like I I didn't expect a pan of lasagna. <laughs> I thought we were eating pizza. It's like, like no, you get your own pan. <laughs> so good, so good. So what are you up to now, man? So that's all the stuff from the past. What are you up to now? Uh, so right now, like I said, I just started making videos again, um, and I uh, I actually um, I had cancer. So that mm, that was a right. that was a big that was a big. <sighs> life event. Uh, I I was diagnosed with cancer in uh, 2016. um, And I was treated for it all throughout 2017. I had chemotherapy and radiation and surgery, and then, you know, recovery following that. So um, I was kind of busy for for a while. (laughs) I was kind of busy for a while. It was colon cancer. And that's the same disease that my father passed from. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So I had some genetic testing done, and it mm-hmm. does turn out that I have what's called Lynch syndrome, and uh, it's a a genetic mutation that makes um, the carrier more susceptible to certain types of cancers. Mm-hmm. So I have to be uh, I have to be vigilant in mm-hmm. checking myself and getting tested for various things and. Mm-hmm. Um, taking care of what I put into my body these days as far as <laughs> eating is concerned. And I'm, mm. I, you know, that's continually a process. Um, but I want to, uh, you know, I also do theater here in Chicago. So I wanted to um, write a one man show about oh, wow. that cool. experience. Wow. Uh, and so I want to put some music in it, obviously. And I want to uh, write about it. Um, and that has been germinating in the last few months now that we've been on lockdown. Um, the hospital that did my treatment, Illinois Masonic, uh, advocate Illinois Masonic here in Chicago in Lakeview, uh, following my recovery, they have been really, um, really proactive in inviting me back to interact with the patients. And um, they had me back to play ukulele for uh, some of the patients there that wanted somebody to play for them. <laughs> so we, we walked around and, and I played songs for them. And that was, that was super freaking cool. It was actually on the news for a while. I'll, I'll give you guys, a, I'll give you guys a link. And um, they had me back to uh, MC their national cancer survivors day event. And that's one of the things that I love doing. I'm just in my element when I'm, I'm seeing something and I love doing it. And I'm so uh, thrilled that they asked me to, to do that for them, to have an actual cancer survivor MC the event is a, is a, yeah. a special thing. So uh, they were also uh, willing to let me workshop the one man show in the hospital for actual cancer patients. And that kind of feedback uh, would, would be invaluable if I do go forward with this. So that is uh, what I'm thinking about right now, not quite working on, but thinking about. And uh, I'm writing, I'm writing again. So uh, I'm gonna put out another album. I uh, I don't know when it'll be out, but uh, I'll keep you guys informed and hopefully you can inform the UU uh, crowd. Let us us know. Yeah, but uh, other than that, you know, I do the B Cuff every year and I do UWC every year. And uh, that scratches my musical itch somewhat. And I gig around. I gig around here in Chicago. I got a lot of musician friends here in Chicago. And whenever I need a band, I got a band. Um, but lately, I just I don't want to be playing the old songs anymore. You know, I just I just I, I want to play. I want to write new songs. And I want to play those new songs. So that's what I'm going to be working on now. Speaking of the old, the old originals uh, and OGness. My my song "Thank You for Leaving Me" was Thank the first you for leaving me. Yeah, my, the awesome, first man. the first original ukulele song featured on the front page of YouTube back in two thousand seven. Yeah, you do yeah. Like a, so like a, uh, like a remix of that with with like a like a rapper like coming yeah, out I remember yeah, that song, yeah. That was <laughs> Twank Star, Mister Twank Star, out in H Town, Houston, uh, Texas. He actually flew me out there oh. to do the studio version. And I, man, that that was such a great experience. We got to see um, the the studio where Screwed Up Records, uh, which is the the most famous sort of uh, old school hip hop studio in Houston. We visited there, and 
uh, we actually did Rapper's Delight. Me and his sister did Rapper's Delight in front of it, and I made a little video of it. But um, yeah, that was that was that was super cool. The remix just blew my mind. He <laughs> he just he emailed me on YouTube, and I was like, "Hey, uh, I made this. What do you think?" I listened to it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so the song is in six eight time, but he put a four a slow four four underneath it. Oh, <laughs> sick! So yeah, it was like sick. constant yeah. triplets. Yeah, that is sick. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for people who don't know, I mean, it it was kind of in the early days of YouTube. So you were kind of one of the first ukulele players to really get big numbers, right? Yeah, yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was before anything. This was before um, Jake's Bohemian Rhapsody. This was before, you know, all of that. So it's right. I think it was right around the same time. I think Jake probably beat me a little bit. Um, but I, but I, by a little bit, but I didn't, but not by much. And I didn't know yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Jelly Weiss was an ukulele disco. But I think you were one of the first like OG YouTube. YouTube. Like, yeah. 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 It was that. Yeah. It was the Bob Marley song. It wasn't Shot the Sheriff. It was like Waiting in Vain or one of those songs and stuff that you did that also got big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually got some copyright strikes. So I had to move them <laughs> yeah, to like a different channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Julia Noons was around the same mm-hmm. time. Yep. Danielle Anderson was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a Chicago friend here, Mercedes, was around the same time. Yeah. There was, it's, uh, it was cool. There was no algorithm back in those days. Uh-huh. It was, there, there was an editor in charge of music and she would decide what to feature on the front page. Mm-hmm. And I had her email. So I would email her videos from time to time by people that I thought were fantastic. Julia Nunes was one of them. And after I emailed her that Julia Nunes tune, she was featured on that front page. And she just a stratospheric blow up. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's yeah. playing Bonnaroo and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 So this wouldn't be a Thursday live lesson if we didn't answer at least one question. Hi. <laughs> Hit us up with a question, buddy. Yeah. Uh, on the, our live chat, Wes asked, mm. uh, how often do you uh, use a capo and why? For the ukulele, I'm guessing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, almost <laughs> never. But like yeah. if, if I'm uh, but if I am going to be playing like some kind of open chords and stuff, or if I'm transposing on the fly with uh, with some in in a key that I have a riff that you know that that I usually do, um, I would maybe put a capo, but almost never. For me, <laughs> yeah. for me, I don't, I don't, I don't ever use a capo. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because I mean it's it's four strings. You don't necessarily need like a capo. You you can uh, you kind of just bar your way around if if there's gonna be like some key changes and stuff, or mm-hmm. you know, for transposing and whatnot. So mm-hmm. very 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 rarely that I would I would use one. I think bar your way around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't even know if I have like a capo. I have a regular. But I can see capo. I can yeah. see having to use a capo if you got to play a riff in a different key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Other than that, like that's basically it. I, I wouldn't really use it for anything, anything else. Because mm-hmm. chords wise and stuff, there's really no excuse for you to n- n- not be able to, you know, just move it up or, or bar your way around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four strings, four fingers. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Hi? Uh, Cameron asks, "What do you think about the combination of koa and spruce as woods for?" Um, I think we talked about this. Uh, so Cameron, we talked about this in his uh, in his private lesson. So uh, I'm guessing spruce at the top and then koa like back inside. So it was 
spruce is a very bright, very loud um, material. And uh, koa is also on the on the brighter side. So you got two kind of bright sounding woods. So that's going to be a loud instrument. It's going to be a bright instrument. Um, you know, if that's what you're going for, that's that's awesome. That's an awesome combination and stuff. Uh, personally, I go for you know a bright top with a darker uh, back and sides, like a spruce mixed with like a um, uh, rosewood. You know, rosewood's kind of more of an, on the darker side. Now, rosewood back and sides. That's a classic combination. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would go maybe like a redwood also like top that's you know on the on the bright side as well. Uh, let's see, koa. If it's like all koa, that's that's good too. A koa top with a rosewood back and sides. But I usually try to pair up like a um like a darker back and side to match up with with the bright top. But it's not bad. Like that's a good combination if you're if you're in it for like volume and projection and stuff. A, a spruce top with koa back and sides uh, also looks good i mean the koa would be uh, you know if you got some nice curly koa on the on the back and sides it's a, it's a nice like contrast between like a just a straight grain on the on the spruce on, uh, unless you get like a bear claw or something but if you get a straight grain spruce it's a good contrast with the back and sides of a nice curly koa yeah. what do you think so uh i don't really you know technical questions i'm i'm at a loss <laughs> I, I, I really i i if i if i say anything i'd be speaking out of my ass so i'll just <laughs> i'll keep my mouth shut on that one <laughs> how about you kai Eric? uh yeah yeah like um a spruce top, pretty much. I, I love any instruments with a spruce top, and I think the same thing that you said, like, uh, kind of a combination of like a dark wood back inside with like a nice bright, um, you know, top makes a really good instrument. But uh, like we always like to tell people, um, if you can try out an uh, instrument with that combination, because you never know what it like if you're gonna like it or if it's gonna fit your playing until you try out something yeah. like it you know or like mm-hmm. something with that yeah. those woods so it's hard to like tell somebody like oh yeah that's the best go go for it get it you know it's like uh it, everybody has preferences yeah trust your own gut yeah yeah, yeah. and and you, even more so than the woods uh is the builder mm. th- that influences the sound because I had the, my two main ukes are all koa, and one of them is m- distinctly brighter than the other. I have mm. a koaloha, and I have a uh, oh geez, why can't I remember his name? Um, um, Pete Pete Howlett. Oh, Pete Howlett. Uh-huh. I thought you had a dummy there. No I I gave it back. I gave it back. It was a loner. It was mm. a loner. <laughs> <laughs> but that one was I'll call the lease. Yeah, I mean the the builder. I think uh, if you like the sound of the builder's ukuleles, chances are you're gonna you're gonna like the sound of his yeah. his uh, guitars, no matter what woods they're made out of. I, I believe uh, Cameron is getting a Mayamoe. So oh, like a, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're nice and bright already. So I think you know if you're gonna go that route, it's. They they can do it justice. Mm-hmm. So anything else, Kahai? Yeah, uh, there it's like a lesson specific question. So I, I don't know if we'll okay. get this exactly right, right, but we'll try it. Uh, Brian said that he's okay. watching the like beginner uh, chord videos, and then uh, in okay. he's I think he's talking about essential chords course. You know, like that's what he's watching, and, and I think he's asking right. about like in in those videos we talk about like using uh, anchors and like 
placing your finger down first mm-hmm. before you place on the rest. And he, he's kind of, I think he's asking, like, do you always do that? Or is there some point where you grow out of, like, you know, uh, certain ways to, like, put down chords and do the, those kinds of things? Um, I still do. But, I mean, everyone's going to play, like, their own kind of way. You know, with uh, with anchoring, what that means is you're just, I use my pinky finger to anchor and then I, uh, I use well, that to stabilize my hand. I, I think, finger picking and stuff, huh? no, I think it's with the left hand, like, actual chords, you know, like, there's... Yeah, like, playing chords. You know how you said, "Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah." That's right. That's right. Place right. one finger down first, and mm-hmm. then form the chord around form it. The chord around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually, you know, you can just kind of, uh, you can just form the chord. But there are some changes that I still do that where I kind of use one finger to lead into it and use that to anchor to build uh, to build to another chord. Like for example, if I'm playing in D, you know, like and I go to to a G, for example. I'm not going to lift up, you know, all three fingers and rebuild that chord again for the G. I can just kind of slide this ring finger to the, to the third fret and build that G around there. You know, like, so there are some, uh, some chord changes and chord combinations that you will still use that same technique. So it's good to kind of learn it now. Um, and, and it'll make changing a lot easier. Like I said, going from D and reforming it again to just kind of do a, to a G or to an A or to even a, like a B minor, an E minor, or anything like that, and in that key, um, seems a little redundant. If you can just kind of go from uh, from G, for example, and then um, keeping that same shape of uh, of the G on the middle and ring finger to go to the E minor. Here's an example of that. Instead of kind of going G and then restructuring the whole like E minor chord around again, you're just kind of using the same shape. Using that, and I use that as my uh, as my anchor, those two fingers, and then use it. I uh, use the pointer finger there. Um, same thing if I'm gonna go like to from G to A, you know. So keeping that pointer finger, I don't even need to lift it up. That pointer finger stays anchored. Go down to the first fret, build my A chord around that, you know, and then go to go back to the D. So going back to the D, yes, I do lift up everything and redo the chord, or I can just kind of take that same pointer finger. And just slide it over using that one finger for uh, for the D. So there is, um, you know, s- uh, sometimes where you still use the anchor even even now. You know, like uh, even in some like some of the most advanced songs that you know, that I do. If, uh, I think even more so then because I need to kind of change a lot quicker. Um, I tend to use the anchor a lot more, but you don't have to. I mean, everybody plays kind of differently, but. I feel that it helps to, uh, you know, to have kind of a reference finger to move on to uh, to the next chord. But, you know, you uh, you do your own journey. So so yeah. Brian came back and he asked. He actually said like uh, he meant that the the open like upstrum, you know, on the last beat of a chord that you mm-hmm. lift off all your fingers. Yeah. Like, is that something that he should yeah. continue to do? Um. Eventually, he you know you might not need to, but it is cleaner if you uh you know if you Kind of leave yourself that upbeat and then change the chord and the downbeat. Unless the song calls for a change in the upbeat, um, it, it's usually it, it it keeps it clean, keeps the change clean, you know. But you don't have to if uh, if you can change it fast enough. But I think uh, as far as uh, cleaning up goes, I still I still do it to this day. Yeah, I, I think so. Do I? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think. The the way the the things that you're describing, like using an anchor finger to move to the next chord, or even lifting up all of your fingers on the last upstrum of a chord, they're they're not sort of stepping stones to another method that is better. It is just 
another ingredient of your style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? And, and I, I do both things to this day, and I always have. Um, it's just an, another ingredient of your style. Oh, thank thank you for that. Like that is gonna be that's that's the title of the podcast right there. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> good, You're good welcome. Answer. Yeah, good. You're welcome. Answer. Good answer. <laughs> Hit us with another one, guy. Well, that was all the ones from our live chat. But then we had a question a few weeks ago uh, in our U Plus forum. And uh, so this guy, he, he said, uh, my name is Alex. And I was wondering if someone knows why uh, traditionally the ukulele is strung up with a high G instead of a low G. Uh, he says, like, oh, I, I've seen players use low G and I prefer it. But I was wondering if there's historical context. So I don't know this answer off the top of my head. But but we have done an, ex- uh, an intensive chat about it with James Hill. Uh, we it was on the same podcast like a, a few years ago, and he definitely explains like the um you know the the high G the low G and like the two different tunings the Canadian tuning and, and the American tuning. Um, that should have the answer to that. But if I'm just kind of going shooting off the hip here, like I don't know about the historical um you know uh, any historical reasons for it, but I, I don't even know if it started with a high G even like I don't you know I, I think. It it might have been uh, it might have been low, you know. I, I don't even know that, so I, I don't want to speak or, or say, say anything. Yeah, yeah, if if it isn't, so because it was like kind of modeled after like Bruginias uh, and and Cavaquinos and and uh, and machetes and stuff, and those are usually kind of low to you know low to high. There is, I I believe a um a reentrant instrument that it could be based off. So that's why it could go both ways. I'm not sure off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. I'd have to kind of like look it up. Do you know, CISO? Well, I, I don't. But if I were to hazard a guess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you said, the ukulele has forefathers, right? Yeah. And uh, some of those forefathers are double chorused instruments, mm-hmm. right? So they have two strings per pitch, right? Yeah. So sometimes, and they're they're in different octaves, some of them are in so, different yeah. octave away from each other. So I think the ukulele was, used to be a double course instrument, and they just sort of took off the low octave version <laughs> of that G, and it became a reentrant instrument. And playing it like that, you kind of can't tell whether one strum is a down strum or an up strum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? It kind of masks that for the listener. Gives it a unique sound, mm-hmm. and uh, the ukulele was born from that. I, yeah. That's that's my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the the traditional tuning that we know of. You know, as mm-hmm. far back as we really, um, you know, can think as terms yeah. in terms of Hawaii, right? Yeah. That's it's usually that was kind of the traditional stringing of it was the reentrant. But um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it could yeah. be yeah, either that way. Is, that's, that's a good. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, like my my favorite story of like modern Hawaiian music as we know it is that the the Portuguese brought over guitars and cavaquinos and all these instruments and then they, they gave it to local people and they're like, oh, here play this and then when they went back to portugal they're like okay bye and all the people here are like how do we 
how do we tune these though? And they're like, I guess, I guess it's like this, or this sounds pretty good. So yeah, we should do it like this, you know? And, and that's how like, uh, that's like the Slack story of, born. yeah, yeah, Slacky. Yeah. So I, I'm sure it wasn't that there, I'm sure there was like a lot more to it, but I always like that idea that it's just like, ah, we, we don't know how to tune it. The way the the guys who left it tuned it, so we'll just figure it out. Like what we figure sounds good. (laughs) Yeah, we can ask Mike Odo when he comes back on the Mm -hmm. podcast because he probably would know. (laughs) (laughs) Magic Mike Odo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything else, guy? Cameron asked. uh, Well, he's asking like really specifically thoughts on Benny Chong and on Benny Chong's like uh, song "My Romance." Um. I don't know the uh, the song My Romance, but I do know Uncle Benny. Uh, Benny Chong is one of uh, is one of the best, if not the best, like a uh, jazz ukulele player. He was the guitar player for Don Ho. That man has traveled many, many, many musical miles. That guy knows exactly what he's doing. He knows his way around a fretboard. Um, if you're listening to him, I mean, you're and you love jazz, you're in the right place. So uh, he's 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 great. He's got chords that use like the thumb here to get the bass line that's down here, and he's like playing high notes and stuff. That guy is the man. I mean, Uncle Ben, and he's a, a very kind soul that's very, very giving and very sharing as well. Because um, it, I've, I've traveled with the man, and every time I had a question or I wanted him to explain something to me, he was more than happy to just kind of like uh, to to share whatever knowledge that he had. Very very cool dude. Uh, older gentlemen, so enjoy Uncle Ben as much as you can now, you know, like, cause, um, he's a living legend, really. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's traveled with, with the best. He's played with the best. Yeah. Check out awesome. his music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you awesome. heard about Benny Chong? No, but I got to check him out now. Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. the, um, he was the lead guitarist for Don Ho. Awesome. Yeah. But he picked up ukulele and, I mean, the guy's got chops, man. <laughs> How are your jazz chops? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can, you know, I can, I can, I can go, but like, I, mean, <laughs> I can hang with those guys. Like, those guys <laughs> are just like, but yeah, my jazz chops are all right. They've gotten better in the past like uh, four or five years, but they're not where like uh, I'm not at, at like an Abe Grimus level, you know, like that kind of. Level. <laughs> but I, I'm like a jack of all trades. Like, you sound like your next non non jazz musician. Yeah, I can <laughs> non jazz musicians. To... What's the next <laughs> musical peak that you want to climb? Um, you know, uh, I I believe I I can get better at jazz. That's one. That's one thing. I think kind of um. Uh, getting better at unique scales. Like I was cutting heads with, uh, with yeah, with Abe Legrimus and his, um, and my friend Kale Gamiao, and we're playing in a in a C minor, for example. And then all of a sudden, there's like this uh, like Arabic scale that like that Abe Legrimus just comes out of nowhere, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's where we're heading. Like, I, I got I got nothing. I, I got nothing. You know, like so it's it's kind of tough. And I think just kind of putting something like that and knowing how to use it. So my chops are okay, like technical wise and stuff. I think I can play some you know, some tunes, but I think knowledge is where my my next you know my next journey is going to be at. Like just right kind on. of knowing how to apply some of the stuff that I kind of already know, but didn't really put them into applications like i kind of know those like you know those those concepts mm-hmm. but yeah but i just you know i mean I, I tell people you can read a book about how you know read a book about how to swim but until you 
get in the water and actually, you know, like feel how it is. Like it, you can't apply all the things that you, you know, that, that you learn. Right? You can't just Damn, bro, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the water. I mean the water. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, I'm only 5'3". <laughs> At Any some point you can't deep, touch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, Kahai? Uh, no, no, I think that, yeah, that's pretty much all the questions we got. So. Cool beans, man. Well, thank you so much. Awesome. Super- Thanks for, for having that. me, you guys. It's hey. been so fun. Blow yourself up. Where can they find you? Where can, you know, where can they follow you? You know, uh, go to Facebook.com/slash CISO fans. Uh, you can find me on Bandcamp at Bandcamp.com/slash CISO one, and you know, just search CISO on Facebook on YouTube, and you'll see all my channels. One is uh, just YouTube.com/slash CISO, and the other one is youtube.com slash CISO covers. It's where I had to move all my covers after the copyrights. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thanks again. Thank you. One of the old underground. It's been too long. It took too long to get you in this podcast. So thank you so much. I will well, get I'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be here. We'll be here. You know the address. You know the room number. Just knock on the door. You know? <laughs> Right, all right. So well, much it's been to- a pleasure, you guys. Thanks a lot. And um, all my best wishes. I hope you guys and your families are staying safe you and too, uh, staying hunkered down. And, you know, we're all in this together. And uh, my best wishes to you guys. Yep. We'll do. We'll do. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening in. Um, if you guys want to listen to this as a podcast, you can download uh, download this as an MP3. If you guys want to watch this, head over to ukuleleontheground.com. And also, while you're there, just sign up for you Plus to take your ukulele playing to the next level. Have a great one, everyone. Aloha. Peace.